So my name is Sabrina Ben Salmi. I'm founder, one of the co-founders actually of the Ben Salmi's, and it's just a family brand sharing our message with the world. This this is diversified game game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, my guest is coming all the way from the UK, Mrs. Sabrina Binslami, and she is going to give us the game on how she became the mother of the year, how she might be the mother of the decade with five children, and we might find out maybe she'll have one more. We don't know, but Sabrina, <laughs> welcome to the show. She's saying no. No, no, no. <laughs> Five and you're done. You've done your contribution. You do that to me. <laughs> that is so not cool. I was just ready to come on with a smile. And you're like, would she have one more? I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's my deliverance to the humanity. That's my gift. That's enough. <laughs> you're married to an African man, so you just never know. You know, you never know. But um, I'm glad that you know you are here joining us. And I, you know, tell us about your company because you have done something that a lot of us, we try to do without being like Joe Jackson and, you know, pushing and traumatizing our kids. Um, give us the game on your company and what you're doing. Excellent. Now you've got to try and not make me laugh so much. I forget what I'm going to say. So um, the company, so the Ben Salm is actually a recent evolution from Dream Big Together. So that was kind of like the umbrella start. But a lot of people were saying brand yourself. So as the kids were growing up in the personal development world, funny enough, they were called the Jackson 5 of the personal development world. And we were thinking, oh, that's quite fun. You know, it's fun. It's easy. It's laid back. I'm just an average mum raising five kids who have tantrums, who say no. You know, people have this perception of this perfectionism and it's so far from it. Like I am so, so the average mum. I, I get the journey of motherhood, of womanhood, you know, being a mother, being a daughter. So our journey is pretty much how do we allow our children to be? And when we become parents, how do we choose to learn rather than feeling we have to teach as they enter into the family because one of my core beliefs is that every time a child is born they are born with a sacred gift that the family needs is like a unique piece to the puzzle so as I started to actually listen to my children what their wants was what their needs and desires were what their dreams was I was taken aback at how profoundly organic it was to fit into the bigger picture and I must say that I learned so much from each and every one of my children and I thought that being a parent was about me teaching but it's quite the contrary. Well you say average but you you know to have the mother of the year award there's nothing average about that so we love your humility but average mothers and I hate to say it they're probably not as involved maybe due to work Maybe due to, you know, maybe they're holding down the fort themselves. Uh, same thing with average, you know, fathers, you're doing the best that you can. How do you, you know, go above and beyond with five kids and give them not just the financial support, but the emotional support that, you know, everybody needs something different at different ages. 
because so many parents struggle with at 15, do I let them just, you know, go on and do their thing? Or do I still try to, you know, tie in and be that cool parent, which I don't know if we're ever that, but we we, <laughs> we like to think we are, don't we? Yes, yes. I think, I think that's an excellent question. Um, I think when I look back, sometimes it's so hard because you know you, you see who you are now, but not who you was. And I think it's really important for the listeners to hear who I was at the time. So when I became a mother, I made so many mistakes with my firstborn. Like I just want to keep it real. You know, I was given. I felt I had to protect her from the world. I had to create this beautiful, perfect atmosphere. And the fact is, I didn't have everything to offer her. And it was in conversation with my child, with people, experiences, I learned that as a parent, we give ourselves far too much pressure. We give ourselves far too much pressure in terms of who we should be, what we need to do, how we have to keep up with the, with the Joneses. And I realized that I actually didn't give my t- myself time to breathe and just take a step back and learn myself into parenthood. So what I saw quite evidently is that in having conversations with my children and being open to feedback, that helped me to become the woman I am today. It helped me to become the mother I am today because a simple question such as, how is this going, me and you as mother and son, mother and daughter, what do you think we can spend more time growing or learning or what do I do that kind of makes you feel pressured or unloved? And I think it was in those conversations that I realized that when we assume we're often so far off from what the reality is. So when I had my first two older children, I was working with my first one. I went back to work very quickly. My son, I was at university and working. So I get that aspect of mothers working, not having time. But what I realized is when I became a mother of three, my needs changed I I did not want to have an update that my child's taken their first steps and I was at work. I didn't want to hear just what happened at school. I wanted to drop them off and pick them up and I wanted to attend assemblies. So I think it's us not beating ourselves up. There's no point looking at where I am today. I've been a mother for 21 years. It's looking at the process of motherhood and what it's become. And it broke my heart not being able to be there as much as I could but it was me making a very clear decision that if I'm going to have children, why do I not want to be there for their childhood? What needs to happen? And just for context, I don't come from a big family that are constantly on the ball and, you know, aunts and uncles, it's myself, their father was there and my mother, that's the family bloodline in terms of blood relatives. So we had, I had to actively go out and forage for that, how can I say, spiritual family, because I really believe it does take a village to raise children. So I had to start asking myself questions in order for me to achieve X or create this lifestyle that I want for my children, the stuff that I didn't have, and not so much in terms of materialistic aspects. It was really more teaching them what I know now, what I wish I knew when I was a child, emotional intelligence, you know, financial education. How can I kind of immerse them into these experiences at a young age and I had to go inwards like I had burnout I had meltdowns I had massive crashes I had challenges in my relationship so it wasn't an easy ride but I had to say that at what cost does it not happen the reality is at what cost do you work three jobs 
and your child's out indulged in all kinds of things and people like to blame parents too much but but at what cost do we not be there because when something very serious happens we can't go back in time you know when the life is lost we can't take it back when someone's been led astray it's hard and i started to think that prevention is much better than cure and don't get me wrong just because you're at home and just because you give your children everything they desire doesn't mean they're going to become what you desire for them to become because there's that aspect in that that child has to be brought into the equation they have to be on board with you because i've seen i work with parents and i've seen parents shed sweat blood and tears and the children have just taken advantage of that so you know there is such a thing as parent abuse and it's something that's not talked about enough well you know talk about a book to write because we all during these COVID times were you know many forced to become teachers and a lot of us like myself knew that wasn't my calling so we hired teachers and so we have stayed homeschooling. But even with the homeschooling, you pray that please just have some common sense, don't end up pregnant, don't run away. Um, what things have you been able to do now that you have even adult children and still some young ones? Um, it's great to have a village. How, what has worked outside of just not sparing the rod? Because many of us, it was the rod was, uh, you know, once it got to that point, that was like the last draw. And if you didn't get right then, you might need to get out, depending on what type of child you were. So what other punishments in this technology game where, you know, five-year-olds seem to have cell phones, which is kind of weird to me, but, you know, he eats his own. What tips and tricks can you give us, parents, that can help us? that you know won't give us a stroke heart attack or make us feel guilty um after wow brilliant questions there's so many questions in there i think the first one that comes to mind to address is how do we get kids on board i think one of the things that worked for me so my eldest child is a, a girl and when she was growing up i heard a lot of things about you know, teenage pregnancy i was a teenage mom and it frightened me. And I was thinking, what can I do? You know, you tell a child, don't have boyfriends, don't have this. They're not going to listen to you. Children will do what they want to do. Okay. And the more you say it's the forbidden fruit, that's what they're really interested in. Right. So I started to think what's deeper. And I think sometimes as parents, we know what's right, but we go about it from our perspective. And I felt that I need to go deeper because I knew I didn't have lots of people around <laughs> and I had to be very prayerful, prayerful. And I, and I was very scared about getting it wrong. So one of the things that I did very early on is seek out experiences that my children could have, or that child in particular, my oldest daughter could have, that she would enjoy, that took her closer to her desired outcomes. So it's not about us. As parents, we have to realize a child will be on board when we help them attain what they desire. So I got her to do public speaking training, personal development, but I got her to do it with some of her peers. I got her to do it in, in environments that were not on our doorstep. I made her see that this is where we are, but this is what the world has to offer. And it wasn't always verbal. The best way children learn is experiential. You don't say nothing, you know what you're up to. 
give them those experiences. If it means that you go online and register to some sort of club, it can be, I don't know, what did I do? I did, um, we went to the theatre, we went out fine dining. I wanted her to know that life was so much more than what I had to offer because I didn't have finances at that time. So I think for young people, in order to keep them out of the, um, the fire, it's showing them that they, their value is so much more than what they've lived up until this point. That it's no point tarnishing yourself now because you've got your whole life ahead of you and there's so much more to offer. And I think when it comes to, you know, the iron <laughs> rod, I think boundaries are so important when it comes to children. See, I was, I learned the hard way. I was a talkative mom. I'm like, oh my God, don't do this. Don't do this. This is going to happen. I couldn't confiscate. And my children learn very quickly is that mom just talks. She doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> so we're going to keep on doing these things. So I think it's about forming infrastructure. If there's two parents at home, it's about you both being on the same page, first and foremost, because when you have par- parents that are not on the same page, it gives the children so much scope to play up. But I think the, the holy grail for our family in particular was definitely the mentors getting them to learn outside of, of, of us. Sometimes you can have physical mentors, but sometimes the mentor doesn't even realize they're a mentor, but just keeping your child in that person's presence, immersing them into different experiences. And I think that was really my saving grace because my kids, my, I remember my daughter saying to me, mom, I wouldn't date. And I was, I was praying. I was like, thank you, God. <laughs> she said, I wouldn't date in this area. She said, you're so lucky that you raised me here. It's like these people try and take me over to McDonald's for a meal and think that I'm going to live here. And there's so much more. And I was like, yes. So I just went, okay, that's interesting. But I knew what I was doing. And when I saw it work with one child, it's about replicating to a certain extent, because Again, as a parent, we have to realize we can't parent children as clusters. We have to, we become a mother or a father to our children three times if you have three children. It's over and over again. I think sometimes we think that what works for one will work for the other, and it isn't. It's very arduous as a parent if we don't realize that learning to develop a relationship with our children is so key. <sighs> so much in that. Now, folks, I don't want you to think she's just talking and talking. No, no, no. You can go to Amazon and she has a book, How to Future Proof Your Child, The New Norm. Tell us what, because when you end it with the new norm, my gosh, we could go a lot of places with that. I'm being nice, folks, because this is a nice woman, but I want to go somewhere. The new norm just blows my mind to the point, my cousin said, if you don't let them date later, um, what, you just want them to have girlfriends? You, you'll be pushing them for other things, the new norm. I'll leave it at that. So, <laughs> uh, tell us what's in this book that you know can really help us unpack that new norm and things that you've already done and proven. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, so yeah, the new norm, that's caused a lot of conversation. So in terms of this book, I I had been wanting to write this book for months and I never actually got time to sit down and write this book. So this book is a compilation of authors together. Some are people that in my network that I really respect and honor. And I wanted to write the entire book, but sometimes people don't realize when we're writing books, the book writes us, we don't write the book. And push came to shove and it was like right at the end and I had to publish this book. 
and I partnered with Kidzania. So you've got Kidzania out in America. So the, the international director partnered. So he's contributed a, a chapter. And the new norm talks about what are the key life skills we can teach our children that are timeless. And I think it was so important for me to publish that book because as a parent and because of the industry I work in, parents kept on coming to me and saying, what do we do? We're scared, you know. GCSEs have been taken away, A-levels have been taken away. Well, here in the UK, I guess it's different out in America or depending on where you're listening from. And, you know, they've lost their university space. And I said, look, how do we prepare our children irrespective of what grades they get? So in this book, I've shared some golden nuggets from myself and from the people that have contributed is that what are timeless skills that we can install in our children that are timeless? So some of the things that are in there are like, Developing our profile, as we realize whether we like it or not, everything is becoming digital. Why are we referring back to like CVs? No one looks at a CV no more. People know that they people lie on CVs. People know that when they show up, they're like, mm. <laughs> what do they call it? Catfish. It's like CVs are pretty much like a catfish situation, right? So I thought to myself, what can I do? What have I done differently with my children that created opportunities for them? So my children are very young. But so, for instance, my eight year old became the youngest ever honorary STEM ambassador for Brunel University here in the UK. He was six at the time. He's eight now. My 12 year old son is a UN climate activist and he's been just recently made an ambassador and he's planted 10,000 trees out in Tanzania. My 14 year old has spoken at corporate events. These are paid um, engagements and she talks about love and healing my 16 year old is he was on child genius and has been recognized as one of the top 20 smartest kids here in the uk and my eldest daughter she works with the korean culture center and the korean government funds some of the projects that she does now the reason i'm giving you a little snippet of what the kids do is that the reason the way we started that by is by using the tips that i've put into this book setting up profiles what is your child's digital blueprint if you type your child's name into the internet? Now, a lot of parents say, I don't want my child on the internet. I don't want this. But we have to realize when people are going to partner with you, or if you're going for a job nowadays, the first thing they do is go and look for you on Instagram. They look for you on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If you're not there and you're saying you have all these expertise, they're going to ask the second question. What have you done prior to being here in front of me because people are going to expect you to take some sort of action around your area of interest and the younger you can do it the better it is for you there are companies that just watch my children and get in contact with us and they ask the kids to advocate they ask them to sit on boards my children have mentored men in their 60s 70s 50s you know three four you know five times their age so age is just a number so it's not about children being in business, but it is about children kind of practicing what they enjoy, practicing their craft. They say it takes 10,000 hours to learn a new skill. Why don't we allow our children to do that as young as possible? The book also talks about kindness, respect, integrity. Now, for me as a mother, I think these are key skills that we forget and we take for granted that I think are timeless. Because when you help someone and be of value and people can trust you and they like you and can, they know that you're, you're credible at doing what you're doing, it's very important. And secondly, I, I think the other point is that in the book, I talk about authorship. 
Now, if your children can become authors as young as possible, it means that they become an authority. It means they have now created legacy and they go down in history. Now that is serious impact. We went a step further with, with my children because we actually set up a publishing house as I wanna teach my children ownership. I don't want my children to go out there into the, um, the auction market and people are selling their kids out to the highest buyer. I want my children to be decision makers. I want them to be owners. I want them to do business partnerships, not to be hired to build someone else's dreams. No, I, I love that. And there's so much to um, talk about with that because you're talking about all the accomplishments that they've had. Um, and I need to know, I might ask you even more detail, 14-year-old, what does she know about love? That's the daddy in you. What you know about love? What are you, what are you going to talk about? Um, I, I'm not there yet. So I, I need to get prepped. I'm not gonna embarrass myself right now. We might come back to that. But pushing, you know, you have a child genius and they all sound like geniuses, but what about for the child, you know, are you pushing them? Or are they telling you, I wanna be the, uh, a brand ambassador in Tanzania? Are you telling them that? And, but what about the child who says, I don't wanna do any of that and I don't wanna be known. Um, and maybe I don't have those talents. How do you balance that out? So they're not competing with each other and all that, you know, non-fun oh, stuff. That this is, oh, you really get me excited now. So excellent question. So it started a long time ago. So my eldest daughter was 11 and my son was seven when they first published a book together, they co-authored. And it was a simple case that Lachey wanted to become an author and she came home and was excited about it. And my seven-year-old says, but I, I can read and write. Why can't I write the book with, with her? So what can I say? Go ahead. So I love what you said, because this is a serious issue that parents don't sometimes think about, because you may have this trophy child that's really loud out there and outspoken and confident. And you've got a child thinking, I want to do this. I'm scared, but I'm not like this. And this is where the genius comes in, is that all five of my children are published authors. They're all publishers. They all do the same thing, but they've all come to the surface at their own time. So Trey Sean's the second one. Um, saw Lachey, who's the eldest, being on stage, doing what she's doing, getting all these, you know, we, we flew out to Bali for Shay. Like she's gone around the world and done different things. And he was like, I would like a slice of that. So I said, okay, what do you want to do? And he said, mom, I want to buy trainers. I want a MacBook and I want to play football. I was like, okay. So if you want to do that, are you willing to speak about it? He's like, mm-mm. I don't want to speak nowhere. So I said, okay, but how? They're going to give you money because we can get grants here in the UK. Pretty much around the world, you get different grants. So I said to him, how can we meet halfway? How can you share what you love, teach it to someone else, and get to do some of the things that Shay likes to do? So lo and behold, he applied for a grant. He bought his MacBook. He bought some trainers. And he launched his first ever workshop at Arsenal FC. So he was on cloud nine. The pushing does a lot of damage because with my son he was very much an introvert my, my eldest daughter was an introvert but when she's on stage she came out she was really forthright so then the third daughter now she was like that's not happening with me she said I don't want to do it I don't want the money I don't want nothing I'm not speaking so what happened with her is that she was just on stage like I said Lachey was 11 Lachey is now 21 
Yasmin, who's the third one, she now speaks at corporate events. So she's written a book about her bullying experience. So it's about time. It's not the pushing. It's about just letting them see the siblings. I think it's working with the first one and make it fun. Make it fun. Let them see the benefits. It can't be work and business for children. I believe children have no business being in business because as an adult, we know how stressful it is. And that's serious issues. It can lead to mental health challenges. So that's not good. It's all about the organics, the unfoldment. The child will let you know when they're ready. Now, my fourth son, the one who um, has trees in Tanzania, he was like five. He used to try and squeeze through the door when I'm going out the door. He would cry. He says, Mom, why don't you love me? Why can't you take me? And the events we were going to, they just wouldn't allow children at a certain age to go along. And I said to you, I said to him, pal, when you're old enough, I'll take you. And he used to fight me. I want to speak. So we used to go on stage together and they would say, introduce yourself. So he would say, my name is this. And he said one time, he said, I'm fed up. Every time I'm on stage, they ask me what my name is. I've got message to share. And I'm looking at this child thinking, what's going on? He said, I want to speak. So children will activate at different times. So he wanted to be a public speaker. Out of all five of my kids, he's the one that really wanted to. And then you have my youngest son, did not want to talk to no one, did not want to speak to anybody. But at home, he, he actually was on stage one time. It's in his book, actually. And he turned around, he said, Mom, why do you keep getting me to introduce myself? I said, because they're asking what our names are and what we do. He said, but it's embarrassing. I said, why is it embarrassing? He said, I don't have a brand. I said, what's a brand? He said, but my sisters have a brand. My brothers have a brand. And I said, but do you understand what a brand is? He said, yes. So people understand what I'm speaking about. So he was looking, he was quiet, very reserved, but he wanted to speak on purpose, not just for the sake of it. So I think with parents, be very mindful of how it's all taking place. Get a mentor or coach because it's very, it's hard to see what we're doing or not saying and how each person is feeling, depending on characters. So for us, we have family meetings. It doesn't mean that every family does, but if it's possible, sit down and have family meetings. Why? So every child talk, one we do that's very important. When Lachey started out, all of her little siblings were involved. So they will help her put her speech together, you know, help her choose her outfit. So they all feel involved. So it doesn't necessarily mean they all have to be on stage but now you know we're going out to an event she's going to have an award so we're going out to a family dinner and they're all looking forward to it putting their clothes on but they realize they're celebrating their sister and one day it'll be their turn so as they've grown up when we go to awards we're always there for each other they won an award last week two of my boys were nominated someone just contacted us but every person went along and celebrated and was cheering each other on and it's something that happens organically now that that is awesome to hear and and i'm going to tell you why because i had my oldest at seven do a book and we we put out books and we have a public a publishing company and it's supposed to be a family publishing company but it totally was this is what dad wanted to do not necessarily what i wanted to do and okay you know they're one is happy now the oldest or the, the youngest um it's like, I don't know if, eh, it doesn't sound as interesting, right? We want to be DJs or tennis players or, or something else. And I'm like, well, I, 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 my gifts weren't always, I don't feel nurtured and, and whatnot. And 
I have to say, I want to do that, but let me not overdo it. So I love what you're doing because so many of us are ready to push our kids out, but we don't put their faces out there so they can still be normal kids and play. But I like that it's worked out for you. Now, how have you done with protecting them from their own ego at such a young age <laughs> and their own successes? <laughs> yeah, so just to add to your, your, your other comment, we have had hard wobbles, but like I said, it's family sit down. So people don't feel pushed. So it's finding out how each one does. So, you know, it's family. That's what I'm saying. I'm down to earth. It's not business first, it's family first, and we're just enjoying the fun. Now, going on to your question, how do we protect them from their egos? <laughs> I laugh so much because they get a lot. Like, my, you know, they would send, I don't know, like a gaming company sent Paolo a a chair that I didn't know so we got into this squabble that I didn't even know this was coming how did you find this CEO he has conversations with people they just send him stuff I'm the mum like let's sit down and talk so he's like oh okay so the challenge is every child is different I never had these challenges with Lachey and I'm having different challenges come up with different children so it's really interesting but this child Mm. in particular he's my second to last son and we all get nervous when he talks. <laughs> okay? So we might be out and he may say something like, oh, can I buy this? And I say, no, you was misbehaving today or I wasn't particularly happy with X, Y, Z. And he says, okay, if you wouldn't like to buy it, can I buy it with my own money then? I was like... <laughs> like and, and then you might have a teenager when they're going through their teenage phase is like, well, I've got my own money and I can do this. And it's grounding them. And again, going back to what I said before, it's key life experiences. I show them silently. So we work with orphanages. I show them what other children don't have versus what they do have access to and what they have a duty and a responsibility to to pour into. So I reflect to them by speaking to someone that's from some remote part of the world and let them hear how children speak with gratitude and honor and love. Because unfortunately, I think we live in a very, especially in the Western world, there's a lot of consumerism. And this started when they were young, you know, having to have stuff to show off with friends. And I had, we, we lost our home 2007. And that was a very humbling process for us because what I realized is that the kids, they love each other and they're so connected and we're not attached to stuff. We were attached to each other. And although you have the pockets of, you know, wanting to buy things because of their own life journey experiences, they've, they've got such a deep sense of service. Personal development is at the forefront of everything we do. So that ego has to be checked. And we do that intermittently with ourselves, with mentors, And we revisit and just ask each other, like, do you like the person you are in the mirror? Because success, people put this price on, wow, you're successful. At home, you're not successful if you're not a nice person. You're not successful if you're not kind. I don't care how much money you got. And we're the same with people we surround ourselves with. Yes, you may be a billionaire, but are you nice? Are you kind? You may be a millionaire, but that doesn't do it for me. I'm not interested in your labels. I'm interested in who you are. Who would you be without all those things? So, but it's not, I think, I just want to say it's not this perfectionism. It's because we've been through lots of pains, or especially myself in my own journey. And sometimes people think that because of who they are, they can treat people how they desire. And I don't think that's good enough. 
it's definitely not. And you guys, I, I'm not going to go. I, there's so many questions. I could go on and on, but I want you to go get the book. I want you to tap in. I want you to see, you know, uh, what's to come because you are the, being so open. I mean, you yourself, I'm sure you're on the uh, NSA, you know, paid speakers uh, circuit if your kids are. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, but before I do, I, I can hear friends of mine, clients of mine, family members of mine saying, hey, you're in the UK. Can you book us too? Like you book your kids? I, I just, I want you to answer that before someone tries to email you and say, hey, I heard Kellen told me. No, Kellen didn't say it. So let's clear the air right now if that's a service that you even offer. Um, so when you say, can you book us, what, what do you yeah, mean? Like, you, like if they say, hey, I'm a paid speaker and this woman is booking her kids, I'm doing, you know, 50 gigs a, a year. Can she, you know, would she be my booking agent, basically? Oh, okay. So I we, we offer coaching and mentoring programs so we can, we can um, immerse people in opportunities where we don't agent as such because I'm, I'm a full-time mom. The first hand when you meet me, I'm out on my local, local store shopping, like, we, it's family. We are family. And so we, we do definitely have coaching. We coach people, we mentor, but I don't book specifically just for events, but you know, we know people. Okay. Okay. Well, you guys got your answer there. I, I have to do that because people will throw your name around for their own interests. And you know, um, I just like to clear the air. Now, yeah, now, with all the success that you've had, and you know, you are still considered young. Your kids, you still have even younger. You know, I call them babies at at a certain age. Um, what is a community give back that you're doing, or that you would like to do in the future? Mm, oh wow! Um, something that we've always done. So in 2006, I set up the Mobile Single Parents Project, was well, Mobile Single Mothers Project at the time, and then it became the Mobile Single Parents Project because single parenthood does not get any easier, just, just depending on your journey, your your gender. So there are so many single parent fathers that just go and do an amazing job and they wasn't heard or supported so a lot of what we do giving back we work with orphanages um i have a school here in the uk um it's it goes on and on but single parents are near and dear to my heart my mother was a single parent raising me i was a single parent mother um of two before i got married and i i yeah, it, it always moves me. So they, they they are a group that really are near and dear to my heart. So we just do coaching with them for free. We help them out with their finances. We help them to get from where they are to where they desire to be. And I think it's so important just to have that as a seamless connection of what we do. Man, that, that's, this is great stuff. And with the coaching, you have... Um, a price range where people need to be before they contact you. For some reason, people read like books like The Power of Free and just thought maybe everybody was going to be free 99. So to avoid people to reach out, to get that coaching or even if you have a master class or you know anything like that, I know you do some stuff, even events in person, um, where should people be to invest in themselves before they contact you? That's an excellent question. And I think the answers, um, there's, there's multiple answers. So we have products and service spectrum. So that, what that means is that there's different contact points with us. So you can buy a book. So the kids 
we've, I think we've written roughly 28 books as a family so far. So there's books online that you can get. That's hardback, paperback, ebooks. You can, we have PDFs. There's a website that we have. We teach people how to set up their own publishing houses, how to become authors. So we have a lot of digital or physical products, but if they want to work directly with us, me, myself, and all of my children offer mentoring programs and they do vary. So I, what I would suggest is just emailing. If I can give you my email address, we've got something for everyone, but it doesn't necessarily mean it will be one-to-one coaching with us physically. It may be a package we might offer that's recorded that they go away and see how that feels and if they want to invest higher. So I charge um, a minimum of £1,000 an hour to do coaching sessions. Um, it's once a week for an hour, but that's what we charge because most of them, I'm a mum. I want to be with my children. I want to see them grow. So there's different things that we can offer. So it's just a good thing just to get in touch. You guys, if you got to invest in yourself. Uh, you've invested in, you know, cars you didn't need and could afford. You've invested in, you know, Birkin bags. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I used to say Birka bag. I don't know what, what it is because I, I don't have a wife that, you know, even would want that. She'd throw it on the floor and say, I don't know what this is. But um, you guys need to tap in. And whether you are listening or for those of you who are helping us grow our YouTube audience and the other places we're out on video, um, links are in the description box, you guys. You guys can really tap in, get some good game. You've been blessed with some good game, so make sure you share it. It will change somebody's life. You want to leave the people with anything? Oh, wow. Um, what's dropped in for me is firstly, we have to recognize that we're all connected. I think far too often we feel that we are disconnected. We feel ashamed of what we're experiencing. So we have to learn to ask. Some of the reasons why we don't achieve what we desire to achieve is because we allow shame to hold us back. We're too scared to ask people for help to get to that next stage, to get to that next phase of our life. I think sometimes it's for us to forage out those people we can talk to, to trust. If you've been hurt, learn to love again. Keep, keep trying to love again because eventually you'll find the right tribe that are going to support you um for parents in particular stop giving yourself a hard time you don't have to be perfect i said to my children please accept my imperfection as perfection i'm willing to learn i'm willing to have your back for the rest of your life i'm going to be here and i can be here for you more and better if you guide me and how i need you would like to be supported and, you know, we don't have to figure it all out for our children. Our children have it, have their entire lives to figure out who they are. Just lay some foundation, be there for them along the way and surrender to the process. Because sometimes we don't realize that what we're trying to create versus what we are actually blessed with are far greater than what we can imagine from where we are right now. But Rest assured, your children have come into your life for a reason. They're a unique piece to the puzzle. And when you work together as a team, you, you'll be blown away with what you can achieve. You guys, share the link. It will change somebody's life. Be blessed. Are you tired of the violence? Tired of the injustice? police brutality, rampant discrimination, lack of gun control in this failed by a socioeconomic experiment called America? 
or maybe you need a break from the relentless grind and want to regain control of your destiny, your wealth, your health, and your purpose. Diversifiedgame.com has the right course for you. Prepare for my first trip to Africa. Looking to reconnect with your roots, start a new business, or just a fresh start. Africa, aka the motherland, is waiting. Don't let the Chinese and the Mazungus have the fun and also take over the motherland. From Cairo to Mombasa, from Dakar to Cape Town, Africa has something for everyone from business opportunities to the most amazing people, safety, leisure, and landscapes. The opportunities abound. It is time for the diaspora to reconnect with their roots. Time to reconnect with the birthplace of humanity. Africa is the last frontier. Get your head in the game and reclaim your legacy. The writing is on the wall. Babylon is falling. Give up the stress, grind, and violence inflicted on our people on this continent and prepare for a journey of restoration and joy by connecting with the land of your ancestors. Check out our new course and kick off your adventure at diversifygame.com. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content. 